always think that we got too cool for ourselves for mm-hmm. a while. And it's like, you get like I remember when I started snowboarding, like you couldn't shut up about snowboarding. Like all you wanted dude. to do is talk about snowboarding yeah. to everybody, right? Like, <laughs> dude, you got to snowboard. You ski, fuck that. Come snowboarding. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to episode 11 of Dark Starts, your backcountry splitboarding podcast. In this one, we talk with the man who brought snowboarding to Canada using his mom's credit card to buy six boards. Rad, mom. Sit back and listen to Ken Achenbach. Let's drop in with Ken Achenbach. Hey Ken, how's it going? Good, man. Good, good, good to talk to you again. It's been a while. I think last time was about five years ago. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Yeah. So what's been going on and uh, lately, anyways? I know you got a new venture right now, and then we're going to get into uh, a little bit of the history of snowboarding in Ken Ock's world. What's going on right now for you? Uh, missing snowboarding. <laughs> right. And selling real estate with Angle and Volkers, and uh, having fun with my kids. Pretty much sums it up. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Oh, and then Pro Standard, you know, selling grill mounts and GoPro accessories. And I know it's funny. I was laughing with my account the other day. It's like, dude, you got like, I go, I think I got like three jobs. She goes, are you kidding? You got like five. I'm like, okay, yeah, some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's go back to the beginning. I know you you make claims, which I know it's the truth. You're like the first snowboard shop in the world. Tell us a little bit about well, that. Well, first, exclu- first exclusive snowboard shop. Okay. Like there were stores that, you know, sold skateboards and fishing equipment and skis and stuff that had snowboards, but we were the first exclusive snowboard only store. Gotcha. And what brought, how did that prompt? Like how did that start up for you? Uh, well, I bought, like I, I was ski racing right. in seven, up till 79. And then I realized as I was running around doing dry land training that, because I, you know, my mom, you know, single mom, four kids, you know, it was, you know, she was doing what she, you know, it was awesome. I'm not, I'm not complaining about it because she, you know, it was an awesome childhood, but I realized that, you know, cause my mom wasn't rich right? and she didn't have time to, you know, pat the coach on the back. Oh, my boy, Billy is really great. You should <laughs> put him up into the next level of racing, right. blah, 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 blah. even though she was volunteering and running the whole Nancy Green Ski League for Alberta it still didn't do anything to get me into the next level of races, even though I was, you know, one of the better people on the team. And so I'm running around doing trial and painting, and I realized my mom's not rich. I'm never making it to the national team. I'm never going to the Olympics. Fuck this. And just walked up to the coach and quit. And then sat around till, like, December and went, oh, my God, winter's really boring if you don't do anything. Because, the like, it's you know it's funny like i've never counted my days snowboarding until a couple of years ago but it was like i'd never counted my days snowboarding because when we were kids the mountain was our daycare like we'd come home from school eat dinner at four o'clock and then go skiing till till 10 o'clock at night and then on the and then on the weekends we'd go to fortress and or wherever the race was so like we skied seven days a week so it's just like it never, of course, you went every day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're personalities, right? And then, so I bought it, you know, then I said, hey, mom, can I borrow your credit card? And it's funny, I don't even have to close <laughs> my eyes. And I can totally, like, I can see my kitchen, I can see the phone, I can see my mom giving me the credit card. And it's like, you know, one of those, 
looking back, it was the moment that changed my life in the sentence that changed my life. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people's lives have been changed, but hey, mom, I'm wearing credit card. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of mom's so, lives so, have been so changed. I, so I brought up my phone. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I was laughing with Chuck Barford about this the other day. It's like, it's funny how you can remember things. Like, you want to buy a snowboard? 805, 969, 1989, Tom Sims, you know. And so I phone him up. And you still remember like, that. Crazy. Yeah, and it's you know like that's you know, eight oh what is it eight oh five North Milpa Street in Santa Barbara, right? Like, how do you remember that shit? I don't know, but so I phone him up and order a snowboard, and you know, talk hey, and you know, you end up talking to him and order a snowboard, and it comes, and I take it to the hill across the street from my house, and I roll in, and it's like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever, and you know, did a bunch of runs, came in the house, and said to my mom. This is going to be the biggest sport ever. We should sell these. Can I borrow your credit card again? I want to buy six of them to sell. <laughs> Thinking everybody's going to want to do this because this is the fucking raddest sport ever, right? And and it's funny. Like sometimes when you know when I hear, uh, well, I used to hear Jake say it, and not uh, actually used to hear Tom say it too. Thank God Chuck still says it. But it's like you know when they say, "Oh, I had no idea it was going to get this big," and it's just like. Man, from the second I did it, I knew this was going to be the raddest thing ever. Yeah, dude. And, and it's funny. Like Agreed. I remember, I remember when I used to ride Bert with my buddy Jeff on our on our BMX bikes. We were sitting on the platform, just you know, in between runs, bullshitting. And he said, "What do you think? What do you think the world's going to be like in 2000?" And this is like <laughs> 1980 or something like that, maybe 81. Right? Nice, nice, yes. And I'm like, "Oh man, it's going to be amazing!" Like. Snowboarding's going to be on TV. BMX is going to be on TV. Skateboarding's going to be on TV. Surfing's going to be on TV. Everyone's going to get paid tons of money. It's going to be the raddest thing ever. It's your turn. Oh, okay. And dropped in and totally forgot about it, right? Mm -hmm. And then 20 years later, I'm at Mike Wigley's for 1990, like for the millennium, basically. And I'm I'm sharing a hotel room with Boy Agro, who I met at the first banks for home. And I wake up on the morning of January 1st and Matt turns on the TV. And the first thing I heard in the 21st century is, we'll be back with more vert skateboarding after vert BMX. Right. Like, <laughs> Holy fuck, I woke up in the future. And it was crazy. Like, I hadn't thought about that conversation on the platform right. for 20 years. Right. But it was like, oh my God. But then I realized it's like, you know, by, it's funny, I was just saying this to Rookie the other day. If you mm -hmm. want something to happen, you have to say it. Because otherwise, oh, yeah. it's not going to happen. So the universe here doesn't provide. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and well, and part of it is is that so that you, you know, you create the future you want. Yes, you do. So it's like you know, and I realized it's like, well, of course that's on TV. We just spent the last twenty years manifesting making it. that happen. Yeah, manifesting. You know, it, and yeah. and you know, you create the future you want by striving for the future you want. So, Absolutely. You know, it was, it was just super funny, one of those, like, no way. I can't believe that's the first thing I heard <laughs> in the 21st century. Like, no way would that happen. Because, I, one, I don't even watch TV, but it was it was pretty classic. That's awesome. But so, ordered six snowboards. Nobody, you know, went to freewheeling, went to West Beach. That's why I laugh when West Beach says they started snowboarding. You, you hated us. You didn't even watch snowboards when we started. <laughs> and, and you know, I love Chip and all that, but it's like, you didn't start it, bro. And nobody wanted snowboards. Like, nobody wanted them. I'm like, oh, fuck. I never thought of this. <laughs> and luckily, our house in Calgary that my dad built has a walkout basement to the street. 
So I said, hey, mom, can I just turn the downstairs into a snowboard shop? A.K.A. Like, storefront. Shop? Yeah. It's like a, a store that sells snowboards. <laughs> and, that was, <laughs> and that was pretty much it. So that's how we started trying to flog those six. And I think selling those six took like two years. <laughs> Your mom's <laughs> like, so Ken, what are you paying me back? I'm still, fr- I'm still friends with every single one of the people that bought one. Oh, like, that's so right. I, no, swear shit, my first 50, I swear my first 50 customers, I'm still friends with all of them. That's like, it's awesome. Rad. I haven't seen him for a long time, but like I just talked to Les Quitzhoff today, who's like he like he was one of my first customers when I had Barfoot, and he just rolled up to my door, this hairy dude in, in, in a Mac jacket. Hey, man, I hear you're the guy that's got snowboards. <laughs> best friends ever since. Like a drug you know, pusher. Like, think, yeah. yeah, like, hey, man, want to buy a seat? Yep. Come on. <laughs> right? That's Sesame awesome. Street. <laughs> dude, I, lo- I, love, I love the story because you went from, you basically went from distributor yeah. to retailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and, and it's funny because after a while, like, we distributed – Avalanche, Barfoot, Flight, Snurfer, not Snurfer, uh, Glacier, GNU, basically everybody but Burton. And it was super funny because at the, what year did I go there? I think it was 87. I went to the U.S. Open. And I, this is like one of my favorite laughs ever. It's like, so, you know, just came from Europe from the World Series. I got like fourth in GS and I don't know, fourth or fifth, something like that in all the different disciplines or whatever. And I go to Vermont, Jake's like, you know, he came to our contest when, when I started the North American. So I'm like, well, shit, I guess I better go to your contest. So me and James Passingham drove to Vermont, and, you know, being from Alberta. Yeah, we ride ice, but not like that kind of ice. Right. And uh, Our ice know, has got gravel on it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or, or was it, uh, what's the one in, what, what's the one, Canyon in Red Deer? I remember that place was serious oh. and mad. Like, it wasn't even snow. It was just clear ice, and you could see the grass underneath. <laughs> <laughs> That's epic. Yeah, you could just see. It was like a skating rink, like literally. You well, that place through. is that place is like the pit of hell. It's so cold down there. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. It's still snowboarding, right? The yeah, yeah. snowboarding is still better than anything else. Absolutely. And uh, so we get to Vermont, and it's glare ice, and I get like 69. And, you know, Burton efficiency, right? Like three weeks later, I get this letter. Thank you for coming to the U.S. Open. Your participation made the event what it was. Your official place and finish was 69th. And I'm just like laughing. Oh, man, I suck. <laughs> but, but the funny part was is after the contest, you know, you're in the lodge hanging out. Everybody's hanging out. And and Jake's like, Jake and Paul all come up to me and go, hey, man, you know, would you want to distribute Burton in Canada? And I'm like, you know, and this is when they sucked. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do I get to ride them? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, nah, that's cool. <laughs> and, and then like fucking 20 years or 30 years later, I'm, I'm taking a shower every morning. I'm like, holy fuck. I got offered a billion dollars for right? 69th place. I wonder what the winner got. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> it was so funny. It was like, I'm the biggest tool in snowboarding. How to fail successfully, or as my buddy Bob put, to just force gump your way through life. But no, no it's shit. funny. It's, but you know, at the same time, I mean, if I probably ended up distributing Burton, I'd probably hit snowboarding right now because they work it so hard. Yeah, they want. They all want numbers, numbers, numbers. Yeah, and yeah, and and I mean, it's funny. Like I've ridden Burton since '91 when Crazy Banana put up my model and the proto was amazing and the actual board comes out and it's this noodly piece of shit 
And I'm like, hey, what happened to my board? And they're like, oh, we saw some of the dragons. We copied the Craig. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to write a copy of the Craig, I might as well just go write a Craig. So right. Pulling <laughs> Craig and Jake. And I've written Burton ever since. And it's like, you know, I'm so sad that Jake's dead. I can't even tell you. But it's like, I always yeah. joke that if Jake ever sold Burton, I'd quit snowboarding. So now I guess I can snowboard forever. Right. But, uh, well, his wife's still you know, I'm not sure if his kids are involved, but. Oh, yeah. No, they all are. Yeah. Why wouldn't but, you be? but it's it's funny though it's like when i read the things where people go oh yeah you know jake's up in heaven snowboarding with tom no he isn't jake didn't even like to snowboard with tom here it's <laughs> right and, and right? everybody else man. right all the yeah exactly <laughs> and then craig being the jackass i'm sure he would have been like yeah jake it's all hard packed up here man you didn't know you didn't know all that shit they told you about it being pal and then just seeing how long craig made jake ride ice in heaven before he's like, oh, dude, I'm just joshing. That's over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just over here, right? That's but good. so that's how I ended up having the store. And it, and then how we got into skateboards, which is, you know, I always laugh. It's like Steve Caballero, Lance Mountain, and Billy Ruff. For the right. Skateboarding took off in Canada. Absolutely. Because I go to the first Worlds, and, you know, you see the, the very first issue of Snowboarder that Bob DeKnight put out, not that Snowboarder that's out now. The last man standing but it had a picture of cab bomb dropping this roof and it's just like man those guys are so good right oh my god like it was totally intimidating and then i go to the contest and end up tying for second and half pipe behind terry which was like holy shit tied for second so it was like oh man how the hell did that happen right and so then i'm hanging out with cab and lance and 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 billy and they're like you just sell snowboards? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how come you don't sell skateboards? I'm like, I don't know. And he said, well, you should sell ours, you know, because this is back when skateboarding was, you know, skateboards made by skateboarders. Right. You know, like Powell made skateboards and GNS made skateboards. And and so I'm like, they're like, yeah, we'll hook you up with Stacy and George. Yeah, you can, you can sell Powell and hook you up with GNS. I'm like, okay. So we started selling, you, you know, right. Start, and it's rad. Like, I still see, I'd still, talk to cab to this day like he's still one of the oh he's so I'd cool still, I'd, yeah his, his artwork I, is fantastic too oh man hey yeah and, love and i still have lance's first snowboard oh i love so, this hey lance I, I love if you're this. listening dude just phone me and it's yours nice <laughs> yeah i love this logo i love his uh, lance mountain skate decks uh, he kept that iconic same kind of like style oh, to them all the time i, I loved just, it yeah I lo- his hand I love plants lance, were like just his, yeah I just love the way he looks at skateboarding is, yeah. is the best thing ever. Like yeah. I remember reading this cover, this mag where he had the cover and he'd worn the same shirt and the, <laughs> the same clothes for a year filming this video so that it looked like it was one day, one day yeah. and it was just so rad, you oh, know, yeah. like the shit like that. Well, the search but for so animal chin. Up with, search for... Yeah. And we started selling skateboards and then just the randomness of the universe. It was like the right place at the right time. Nice. We ended up being like one of the biggest PAL dealers in the world. And it was crazy how much PAL stuff we sold and vision and all that stuff too. But like, you know, like you say, the randomness of the universe one day, Kevin Harris is down at PAL and he, you know, this is back when I used to load up my van and drive to California, drive back from California with, you know, Dirty yeah. ground with the skate stuff. Skate stuff. Basically, <laughs> bottom, bottoming out a Tradesman 350. But that's another story. And, <laughs> um, 
And Kevin Harris is standing. He's like, man, are you a distributor? I'm like, no, I'm just a shop. The next day, Kevin Harris is the distributor, and that's how oh. Ultimate Skateboards got started. <laughs> that's right. No, I'm still because Kevin's Kevin's awesome at it. Like he's so yeah. good, and you know, yeah. like he, that's what you need for a distributor, not some you know snowboarder like me. But yeah, it was it's just the random. So anyway, so we start selling skateboards, and skateboarding blows up. And being kind of dumb, I just took all the money from skateboarding and put it into snowboarding, snowboarding. to make snowboarding go off. Right. And so, you know, and then we're like, hey, you know, so I went to the Worlds and then we went to the first bank slalom and I was like, man, this is rad. We should have a contest in, in Canada. So I thought the North Americans and we, we had them at Sunshine. Mm. And uh, and then, you know, I was like, oh, 10 grand prize money. If everybody pays 100 bucks and there's 100 of us, that's 10 grand. There we right. go. There's our prize money, right? <laughs> And then the next year it was, you know, we had more than hundred people. So I was like, Hey, I bet you we could get 200 people this year. Let's have 20 grand prize money. And so, I mean, 20 grand in 86, that, that was insane. That's yeah. a ton like, of cash. That's you know, like, like 50 K right now, at least. Oh, at least, yeah. especially if you put it in Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck that. Amazon, 3,000 3, no, 3, shares. You know, share. it's funny. It's like, you know, when, when Tom was having the North, their, his world's here again and mm-hmm. black home, I ran into was like, yeah, it's going to be, or it's like, Hey, it's going to be just like the old days. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, Oh, what? so nobody's going to get paid. <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just like, whatever, man, you still didn't pay me. So it's, so when I got second at the world, he didn't pay me for some reason. And so I just oh, stuffed the trophy back in his chest and told him to fuck off. And, <laughs> off and that's how, that's how ISM got started. Cause Tom Shea was like, dude, we need a magazine to chronicle this shit. So, oh. It, it was so we started the North Americans and it was, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Jose was over from Europe with Andy from Switzerland and, you know, people from all over. And it was just awesome. And then we had that for three years and then Sunshine had the brain fart to go, oh, this sucks. And kicked us out and I haven't been there since. And I will never go back there again because it cost me 20 grand. But, you know, oh. unlike Tom Sims, when you promise someone prize money, you got to fucking pay it. Right. And when we moved the contest dates, it was a month earlier. Nobody could come. You know, I think there, we had like 100 people maybe at the most. So lost my shirt, basically. And uh, But that's right, because the next year we found Whistler Black Home and none of that mattered. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sunshine what? Right. <laughs> and so that was, that was how the story got started. But it was funny. It's like when we used to go to trade shows, it's like, the girls that did all the buying for us for for nannies used to follow us around at the trade show because we'd always get the the coolest stuff first like it was so fun like i remember you know talking to uh uh with mr van doran about getting shoes just hanging out at the van's office in california when i was down there hanging out and that's how we got them and then like buying stussy from sean uh and his mom packed the box <laughs> you know just like it was so you know, like skateboarding and snowboarding was so fun back then because everybody was you know like they say going back to that you know when everybody hates on you it just frees your mind to create all this amazing stuff and right you know, like I remember, like we bought volcom from from rich when it was him just making it in his one bedroom apartment god yeah like it was so rad and and it was so cool like get on the bus when I started Pro Standard, I went to a bunch of different WSL contests because we were hooking them up with drum mounts for all the pros. And they get on the bus at Trestles, and I look at this guy, I'm like, dude, you look super familiar, but I can't remember your name. He goes, Rich. 
Ken from the snowboard shop, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Rich from Vulcan. I'm like, no way. Like, dude, <laughs> you must be in a two-bedroom apartment by now. Your brand's huge. <laughs> <laughs> this was like after he sold it for a trillion dollars. Right. Oh, my God. I made him laugh so hard. Oh. But, yeah, it was, it was just so, you know, it's just it was so cool back then, you know, like the fresh jive era and, you know, like the New Deal era, just like, yeah. you know, all the stuff that's the retro decks now. Like, just, right, right. You know, just these amazing characters and people and skateboarding and, you know, the intermingling, you know, like I remember watching uh, Chantry's video of Tony Alva learning to, to snowboard and he just basically 360 all the way down the hill. It was so funny. <laughs> and then, you know, making the randomness of the universe going skating in California and staying at Eddie Aguera's house, you know, just the, 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 you know, the weirdness and the awesomeness of it all. It's like, I always say that Action Now magazine is the most underrated cultural shift magazine ever. Because do you, do you know Action Now? Have no, you ever heard of it? No. Yeah. So it was this skateboarding magazine went under because skateboarding was dead. And surfer publications went, hey, we'll just turn it in this thing called Action Now. And it had everything in there. It had motocross. It had BMX. It had slick carts. It had dirt bikes it had flat tracking it had oh, hot rock it had music it had punk rock it had everything right like even had a horse jumping over a log on a beach but <laughs> but but the cool thing was it's like if you were from outside california you just assumed that's what everybody in california did right so of course you did all this stuff of course you got into punk rock of course you like Bevo. yeah you know i mean i remember you know when i started riding bird on bmx i'd never actually seen it we just rode our bmx bikes to the ramp and skated and then when we got tired of skating <laughs> me and my buddy just started figuring out how to ride a bike on a ramp and i don't know like two years later we're getting 10 feet out on vert but it was like you know, like you thought all of these things happened in California, whereas if you were from California, it was the lamest mad ever because you knew it was bullshit. And the only <laughs> stuff that was in there was anybody that was willing to buy an ad. Okay. So if you bought an ad, yeah. you could get a story in action now oh, about yeah. how wicked slick carts are, <laughs> which is kind of funny because that's what, you know, the last five years of snowboard mags mm-hmm. turned into. It's like, man's team goes to Europe. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I yeah. think of they all the snowboard everything. shop trips we did where in the old days you'd never ever the brand was never allowed to have the name on the cover ever i mean you know it's whatever right it's the evolution but it was pretty funny so give us a little bit of uh i guess where you get into the snowboarding get into your camp uh how does that evolve so in 88 right after the north americans my brother ran into this this french guy terry denard who was filming this movie in nelson and uh, I don't know who they had snowboarding, they, but they weren't that good. And my brother just randomly said to him, man, if you want some good snowboarding, you should hire my brother and his friends. You should, you should hire everybody from the snowboard shop to be your snowboarders. Right. And Terry's like, oh, this, this, yeah, yeah, okay. They would call him. So next thing you know, he comes to, comes to Calgary and meet up with him. And then it was like me and Schwarty and Doug and Doug Longren and, and Boyer and Evan and, Chad Sardison and my brother Dave and Carl and Steve Matthews and just this whole wicked posse. We go ride at Lake Louise and then the snow kind of melts out and Terry's like, hey, what do you know of this place? Whistler. And I'm like, I don't know. They have downhills there, so it can't be that small. 
you know, it's it's funny. It's like you know you're a ski racer kid when when you judge ski resorts. Like the first time I went to Europe, we wanted to go to Les Arc because we figured it had to be the steepest because that's where they held speed skating. Right, right. Thanks, Greg Stump. You know, just <laughs> things like that. And it's like we used to time our trips to Europe by when all the downhills would get canceled because too much snow. Oh, shocks! Eh? But so anyway, Terry brings us to 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 Whistler, and we stay at the Hearthstone Lodge and. Three days before that, I, we, me and Steve are doing high-speed 360s at Lake Louise, and I hooked my board on his and just ate shit right to the back of my head, so I had the best concussion I've ever had. I barely remember the trip other than jumping something. It might have been Air Jordan. It might not have been, but like <laughs> right there somewhere. But, but the biggest thing I've ever jumped is a stained whistler, so I'm pretty sure it was. But I, I don't even remember because I had such a crazy concussion. All I remember is... Him, the director peeling off hundred dollar bills. We stayed at the Hearthstone, and it was the raddest thing ever. Nice. And before we even like, before we even dropped in, me and Dog are riding up Seventh Heaven, and we're like two thirds of the way up. And I'm just like, dude, we got to live here. Yeah. We've been going up for an hour, and we haven't even dropped in yet. And Doug's like, yeah, man. And we get to the top and drop in. At the end of the day, we come down, rent the last empty store in town which was such a wicked location. It was insane that when the hotel needed a space for their garbage dumpster, they asked us to move to the one next door so they could use our store to hold a dumpster. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. I think we were open two days a month. Oh. But, but it was you're riding every day. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> rent, well, I, I was in Calgary mostly. It was like Dan O'Pendergrass and Doug and Shorty and Warbs and all that. But so we opened the shop and the rent was 900 bucks a month. So, you know, you don't have to open that much to make 900 bucks a month. And, you know, everybody from Calgary that lived at Sunshine and Lake Louise all moved to Whistler. Because, I mean, you know, like anybody knows, once you move to Whistler, it's over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have, you know, we rented this one big house that ended up being called the crazy house. And every snowboarder in the valley lives in it. Buses used to come by and do tours, and you know, panel around the shop, and it was awesome. You know, it was like, it was, it was so good. But so we filmed that, and then end up everybody just, you know, after getting screwed over by Sunshine, we just, we just left, just gone, went to Whistler. But it's funny though because Fortress used to be owned by Aspen Ski Corporation, and Hugh Smythe used to be the general manager, and our and. Growing up, our friends with Steckles used to be the area managers at Fortress because we knew them from ski racing because that was my home mountain when I ski raced. And so when I started snowboarding, I had such an advantage over everybody because I knew how to ride lifts already, whereas everybody came from skateboarding and they still had oh, to figure yeah. out where so to get off. I'd get like 10 yeah. runs by the time they'd hike up to two. Yeah. And I, you know, I knew how the chairs worked and stuff like that. But it was funny. So when Aspen bought Fortress, Hugh came in as the general manager, and Aspen hates snowboarding. Mm-hmm. So they made Hugh take us out. So I laughed. I'm the only person who's been kicked out of two resorts by Hugh Spike. <laughs> too funny. Who is an awesome dude, by the way. Nice. That's too funny. You got so that's so much how we history. ended up in Whistler. Yeah, I know. And then, so then we were in the, that summer, you know, we'd open the shop, and there was a thing called the CSA Snowboard Camp. And right. The kids would come in the shop and then complain about, the camp saying all the coaches are drunk or stoned or whatever <laughs> and we're not learning anything mm-hmm. and i was like oh well give me give me your number next year we'll start a camp and it'll be way better because i mean you know through the shop and 
I guess I was only half washed at that time. Um, you know, it's like the first year we had Brushy and Nicole and and Boyer and Schwarty was the head coach and Doug and John Stewart. And, you know, like we had a pretty stacked crew right off the bat, Duck Boy, Steve, you know, the whole nine yards. And then it just sort of went from there. Like the first year we had 75 kids. And to this day, it blows me away. It's like I was 24 when I started camp. It's like That's crazy. Who sent who sends their kids to a 24 year old right? camp? I was like, yeah, you can send your kids here. It's really good. <laughs> you know, full little kid was camp director, and mm-hmm. and then it's you know it's funny. And then before we knew, we had 75 staff and 250 kids a week, and it was it was awesome. It was the most fun ever. Yeah, I remember going there, and uh, I think it was 98. With, for that week, he let me and my my friends come up. He said, "You guys find your own accommodations, and you guys can come ride." Yeah. Well, cool. We That's were right. Coosport, I forgot about that. Coosport, we were. I was giving you all kinds of stuff for free to prize yeah, for yeah. the kids, and because I was all about promoting that company into the snowboarding realm way more than they understood. Because Ron Skeeter, you know that. Yeah, um, I used to ski race with him. Yeah, That's I know. the funniest part. Like yeah. we used to be on the same team. Yeah, I know. He's a, he's a rad dude. We had a conversation about. Well, as the starting of COVID hit, we started chatting, and uh, I think we're going to start doing a little work together. But, yeah, it was pretty good. I That's enjoyed fun. my time. You guys, was, it was a lot of fun. I met Blue Montgomery there. Well, it's – oh, I mean, the you know, that – It's so good. You know, it's funny. I ran into this guy the other day in the village, and he was just fribbing that, that he ran into me. And it's just like, you know, I'm so washed that I forget that <laughs> – people were impressed when they met me sort of thing right? right and this guy just lost his mind he goes dude you changed my life you changed my fucking life dude and i'm like oh, okay cool okay sure man whatever it's like man when i came to camp as a 12 year old you gave us so much freedom i'd never had freedom like that before in my life it came blew my mind once i knew what freedom was i could create anything and now i started this software company it just got valued at forty million, and all of that's because you, man, you gave oh me that freedom God. when I was twelve. Dang. Like, where's my cut? Like, Fuck. Okay, sure, man. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I'll fully admit it. You know, the goal of camp was to show people that, you know, yeah, we took care of your kids, and the supervision was. It was a it was a mall. You were doing summer camp in a mall, so of course yeah. you can go in the mall, and right. nothing's going to happen to you in the mall. And we only had. Originally, we only had three rules, and then it ended up being four rules. And you know, the three rules were no drink and no drugs, be in my tan. And then we added the fourth one, which was don't be a dick, which <laughs> made me super stoked when I was listening to Mark McMorris's podcast somewhere a while ago. Yeah, I just kind of go by the rule of don't be a dick. And it was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> camp room still going on. And but it was like, you know, if you don't drink and don't do drugs and you're in by 10. Not much bad is going to happen to you in your no, life. No, And anything dumb that you can do in town, chances are we'd already done. Yeah. So whiskey had already happened, right? Yeah. Well, I still get embarrassed about that one. <laughs> I love those guys, but I spent way too long getting snowboarding established to be For stoked them. on the whole drugs and booze end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I it still you. bugs me when I read snowboard mags, the one that's left. And they talk about how they went on trips and got stoned. It's, it, I don't know. It just still bugs me. You know, it's like we're supposed to be. I know weed's legal now and all that shit, but it's like we're supposed to be good influences on kids. And I don't know. I you know. 
I'm the no dragon, no blue sky. So but it goes, yeah, it goes back to what you said though. Once you, everybody hates you, can do whatever. But yeah, they took it to yeah. a, they took it to a whole new level, man. Like that was out well, of control. Well, the funny thing is, it's like you could never make that movie now if you no, wanted to, because no. everyone has cell phone cameras. You'd be in jail in an hour. Like I love, <laughs> like I love what they did, and I love their creativity, and I just love the whole nine yards of it, and I love how it influenced Jackass and all Absolutely. that. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, you know, like I still say to this day that everything that gets sold now is still sold using snowboard marketing. I don't disagree with you. I agree. And, I, I was in the, I was in that era as well. Like I was either going yeah. through it and I. Oh, yeah. So we got our new brand yeah. and we're going to get like a, a bunch of influencers together and we're going to we're going to make everyone think it's the coolest thing. Yeah. You're just going to do snowboarding all over again. Right. And it was funny when I was in Dragon's Den and. I don't know, the guy from Kelowna was like, you can't just transfer snowboard marketing to ramen, you know. It's not the same thing. <laughs> I know snowboarding. You can't just have pro athletes. You know, they're not going to this. And you talk about these guys like you know them. I'm like, well, yeah, I do. They're they all do. my friends. That's what I did for 30 years. Yeah. And he goes, I know snowboarding. I like the ball face. And, you know, of course, you can't be a dick, right? So I'm like, oh, that's cool. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, yeah, and how did you find out about bald face? Yeah. Travis it's fucking Rice nice. is how yeah, you found true. out about it. So fuck you, the snowboard marketing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty was funny. Awesome. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, well, where were we? What were we talking about? Camp, your, Me and my four, ramble. your four oh, rules. Camp. Your four rules. Yeah, yeah so the four rules of, of camp. And so my whole thing with camp was, is like, I mean, we played techno super loud at 7 in the morning at breakfast. And, whether you liked or hated it, most people hated it. But after you live with Magnus Asperger and Chamonix for winter after winter, you end up playing techno, whether you like it or not. Love it. <laughs> no and he's a DJ there who's just awesome. One of my snowboard buddies that rode to the shop for a while. And then, so I had this thing with camp. It's where kids get told to sit down and shut up all, all the life. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had this theory that when you come to camp, I needed to break the kid, break the kid right off the bat out of the, oh, I better be quiet. Oh, I better be beat. I better, I better sit down and shut up. So we'd have super loud music in the morning and we'd bust jokes on all the kids and give kids nicknames, you know, torment them like little brothers and, and all this shit and, and make them realize that you're not at home. You can do anything you want. You can be anyone you want. Right. And you can meet anyone you want. And it's like, you know, you might have come here to do a snowboard, but when you get here and you run into Blue Montgomery and you realize that you're super good at drawing way better than you are at, you know, snowboarding and you end up being the artist for, you know, whoever, like Jeff McFetridge, who did a bunch of camp t-shirts and shop t-shirts, ended up as the Beastie Boys artist. Like, I just watched the Beastie Boys movie. Yeah, that was sick. And he did the, Jeff did the graphics for that. It's just no like, kidding. and it's just like, fuck, it's just so awesome. Like camp, the snowboard shops long gone, you know, John Stewart's an actor. He did a bunch of our shirts and, you know, it's just like Dano's doing amazing things and Warburton's changing snowboarding every year. And, you know, just all these, you know, Gary Pendergrass was, you know, making amazing movies and just, you know, Johnson making snowboards and, you know, everybody doing all these rad things. And, like, I like to think that, you know, yeah, I'm kind of a jackass and stuff. I don't really take anything seriously. And I like to think that that approach showed all these people that if, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Right. 
And, you know, it's like, like I'm so proud of the guys at Capita. I'm so proud of the guys that started Forefront. And, you know, all these, you know, Arash started at camp, like all these different brands, like Line got, I mean, they were making, what do you call those little skis? But Line became a real brand through camp. You know, it's just all these, all these rad things that, because kids had this freedom freedom to express themselves and get yeah be anything they wanted right. to be that it just created this era of of creativity that was just unreal and it's like i'm you know i, I it's it's funny you know like they just take out the horseman t-bar this week and they say it's because of global warming and it's funny because when we closed camp and said mm. it was because of global warming right whistler black home and you know papers lit us up for you know saying it was global oh no no it's something else it was like no it's global warming there's no snow there man yeah and now they're like saying it's global warming so it's kind of a nice payback but it sucks because i really like my t-bar yeah. <laughs> it's not worth the t-bar that's my t-bar no no kidding so then you uh from, tell me a little bit about what happened how do you get involved in a uh, backcountry a cat ski operation uh, well, Powder Mountain came about because uh, Berto and Dave ran out of money, and <laughs> yeah, and so they ran out of money, and they're like, "Hey, you want to buy half?" And you know, so my answer automatically was, "Yeah." And then after we'd given them the money, we found out they were five hundred grand in debt, so oh. that kind of changed everything. And then we bought them out and brought in these guys from California, and we turned it into this amazing thing. And then I got screwed out of it at the end, and that's the end of that story. But, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. I mean, that, that's why I don't split for it. I had a snow cat, man. <laughs> it was, yeah. You know, it was, it was honestly having my own ski resort was like, like a dream come true. It was like my favorite thing in my entire life. Was, yeah, no doubt. You know, like I remember going snowboarding with Omar there and, we, you know, Billy Goten, because he's here on ski resort. We got to find out what's around the corner. Nice. And just getting blocked by this wall of trees. And I'm like, fuck, I wish I could just cut some of these down. So, we, oh, wait. We can. This is our yeah, ski resort. Just whipped out the sock. <laughs> Cut out the tree and had a little opening. It was so rad. Nice. But it was just like, oh my god, it was. But it was. It was seriously like a dream. Like it was. Like, yeah, it was. It was. Oh, it was like magic. But they found the spot that gets the most snow in this whole area from every storm. Like, it'd get double or triple what Whistler Black on this. Wow. On every storm, like there were so many times. We'll serve black and we get 20 and we get 100. Oh. Yeah. Is it in, still in operation right now? Yeah. Craziness. But you're but out. Go to, bald, go to bald face. It's way better. Oh, yeah. That's the plan at some point. I'm not sure when, but. Yeah. yeah you got to go to bald face. It's seriously the best snowboarding in the universe. That's that and Mike Wiggly's. Wiggly's, yeah. Well, and it's, and it's funny too, you know, cause you, you go to all these places as a snowboarder and, you know, I used to ski race. So I, you know, I know all the jargon and I can bullshit the skiing with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you, know, you can, I'm sure you can. Ken. And, <laughs> and, but it's like, you know, you get so, you get so used to the, you know, the, it's not hate because that's not the right word, but just the, Oh, you're a snowboarder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, yeah, I don't I even it. know how to I don't even know how to describe it other yeah. than that. But you don't even you don't even notice it anymore because you know, like my mom and dad basically taught Mike Weekly how to speak English and I laughed at my mom saying, <laughs> Well, you didn't teach him very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, like to me, Mike Weekly's my god. Like that guy is God. And but 
you know, and he created this amazing place for skiing and snowboarding, but it's still a ski resort. And then you go to Bald Face. Yeah. And you feel what the skiers must feel like when they go to Wiggles. Ah. And then you go to Bald Face and you feel as a snowboarder, like this was created for snowboarding. Yeah. Even if it wasn't the best terrain, it'd still be the best snowboarding ever. Right. Like, and it's insane terrain. It's like, holy shit, I can't wait to go there again. I know the videos but it's like, are you got to go there. Save your money and go there. It's the best money you'll ever waste in your life. Yeah, we're in. All my money I spent on snowboarding and Dude. snowboards. The rest I wasted. That's it. That's my life right <laughs> now, bro. That's me. Yeah. That's me chasing the pow. That's all I want to do. That's awesome. So <clears throat> so that was Powder Mountain. And then, yeah, yeah and then that was, yeah, here we are. Here you are now. <clears throat> any more anything let's quit and here we are and so here, here we are. are that's it thanks a lot <laughs> boom and then, uh, no, and then <clears throat> uh, like making snowboards was fun like you know in the shop it was like you know back going back to the shop it's like right. it was really fun having the shop back then because there wasn't any brand nobody really made anything so if you wanted anything you had to make it yourself like I was I can't remember who was talking to you on the internet the other day but somebody on Facebook and we were just talking about oh they were saying we should make snowboard shop clothes again and i was like no it's like the clash you had to be there yeah and they were laughing about you know i made six of this jacket once and i think we got two covers of trans world some center like we probably got 30 pictures with these jackets which was more than like burton or sims would get in an issue and it was funny <laughs> because we didn't even make anything we just made shit for the shop and for the shop team and you know then we started you know making other stuff so then we started making clothes and Ended up with stores in New Zealand, two stores in New Zealand, one in Mammoth, one in Banff, one in Whistler, one in Calgary, and then just gave them all away. Moved to Whistler. Moved to Whistler. Take yeah, maybe I run. shouldn't have given away the one in Calgary because he sold it for $2 million a couple of years oh, later. That was probably a gumbo. But yeah, and then I had to fight him for the 140 Sims FE that I had on the wall. <laughs> That's <was> another story. <laughs> Well, Dude, tell I us. gave you a, I gave it. you a store. I gave you a store. I was super happy for him too, like because I was over it. I didn't want to be the fifty-year-old guy watching TV under the counter. Yeah. And our house got broken into a long time ago. All my old boards got stolen. Oh, One day I'm in this. I no. go in the shop in Calgary after I'd given it to him. I'm like, "Dude, that's my board." And he's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, my house got broken into. I can. There's a scrape like this on the bottom. He flips it over. And sure enough, there it is. Right. I go. You can keep it here on display. That's fine. But if you ever sell a shop or anything happens, we both know this is my board. And if I phone you and want it back, you just give it back. No questions asked. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. So a couple of years later, he sells to the store. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, congrats. You know, $2 million. That's pretty rad. Um, hey, I want my board back. He's like, well, you know, you know, I spent 140 bucks on it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I gave you a store that you sold for two, $2 million dollars. And you're complaining about 140 bucks. Man, did I give the store to the wrong person? Right. But it was just like it left, it, it erased all the the good stoke that I had from giving him my store. No kidding. Over 140 bucks. That's. But I got my. In, in the end, my brother had to go in and steal the board from the shop. <laughs> How pathetic is that? Eh? <laughs> That's hilarious story. That's awesome. So what brings you into the... Then, so, so, Neil, well, so and then yeah. Neil making twin tips in the back of the shop was the best thing ever. Like, that board changed snowboarding for sure. Like, when, was, when, time, when was that? What time? Like, what... Uh, that was winter, like, the fall, summer and fall of 86. 
because Terry had kicked our ass at the North Americans and we knew we needed better snowboards, so Neil just made it. And then in true, true style, we just put Barfoot on it because that's who we rode for. <laughs> but you made the boards better. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's funny. Chuck even says, he goes, oh, dude, I wish I'd listened to you. It's like I said to him, dude, take the shape, go to Europe, get a company to make it, like a ski company to make right. it, and it'll be the best board ever. And, Absolutely. I mean, that didn't happen until Craig made the mystery era, which was basically a clinch hit with different paints. So, right. Did you ever you know, meet they, Craig at any time? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, I still worry with Craig a ton. Like, I met him at Sunshine in, I don't know, probably eighty. Whatever, before the first year of the Banks Hall, whatever year that was. Yeah, I don't know. And it was just some snowboarder walking across the sunshine top part there on the way to Standish. They're like, hey, snowboarder, hey. Right. And <laughs> became best friends right after that. And then uh, going to Wiggly's, uh, it was funny. I, you know, we used to do this thing, Boxing Day Heli there, where Mike would, because no one was heli skiing it on Boxing Day, we'd go there and get $150 heli skiing. And so I'd take my whole team, like the whole shop, we'd basically fill a helicopter and I'd pay for it as a bonus for working hard in December. You're the, and be- you're the best we boss just, ever. We, I'm the idiot boss, dude. I was talking <laughs> to Aaron McDonald one year and this is like, you know, when snowboarding was hitting it hard and he was like, I'm like, hey, like, dude, we just got back from Wigley's and it was so rad. He's like, oh, I was boxing there. Dude, it was sick. We sold 80 grand worth of shit. I'm like, oh man it was so funny like but i I never put stuff on sale because i'd always feel bad for the person that paid full pot oh and i figured that if anything sales should be backwards that the super rabid guys should get it for cheaper and when you buy in may you obviously wanted that much so you should pay more for it I don't know why i went out of business but i wonder (laughs) yeah exactly but it, like it's funny, like I just I got a twin tip finally because all my all my original ones got stolen, and my buddy Bob, who made Treeline Snowboards, who was my neighbor, um, his buddy bought a house in Calgary, and the house had been completely empty except for two old snowboards in the in the garage. Like there was nothing in the house, nothing in the garage except two old snowboards, and his sends Bob a photo and goes, "Hey." I think this is that snowboard your friend's looking for. No. And sure, fuck, it was a mint twin tip. Oh. I don't. I think it got ridden twice. Oh. And it's funny. It's like I'm super stoked to have it. And and it was rad because it was Terry Glass, the 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 chuck wagon guy. His family bought it for their kid, and the kid never rode it, and they just left it behind. Which is funny because when we did camp or shop, we wanted to sponsor Chuck Wagon because we thought it'd be super funny to have a <laughs> workshop Chuck Wagon. And here they are, Joe Carvery, voice on the calendar, Stanley, the snowboard shop, warningly, Chuck Wagon. We thought that would be the funniest shit ever. Uh, everybody and, uh, hates you already, so, anyway, so why not, right? Yeah. So we get, so I get this snowboard back and it's mint. And like on one hand, I'm super stoked because the thing's mint. But at the same time, I'm super bitter because I remember how many people were begging for those boards that were super rad oh, riders. Yeah. And I sold one to this guy and he never even wrote and it. And he wrote it's it like, twice, ah. tops. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it <laughs> But it's funny. It's like I laugh with Jeff Patterson all the time when he goes, dude, how come you don't collect snowboards? I'm like, dude, I spent half my life getting rid of those things less than all of them back. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's funny. Fuck that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no, I don't want a new anti-gravity. I spent three years trying to get rid of all of those. 
It'll collect dust in my basement. Crazy, but oh, what a community God. that is right now, though. Oh, hey, yeah. collecting vintage oh, boards. So funny, but it's rad, too, at the same time. Like, all those guys are so rad. That's how I ended up at Bald Face with the vintage snowboard trader guys. And oh, I, yeah. I'm still friends with all of them. It was rad. It was like nice. everything I liked about snowboarding all in one place. Yeah, no doubt. That's awesome. So, I don't know where to take this now. You've been kind of all over the map, which is fantastic. The stories are great. Can't get history. Yeah, like ADD, this, hey. <laughs> it's okay though. It runs. It works well on a podcast. He's well, tell it, tell it us a little bit about Pro Standard. Yeah. Uh, well, so I got shafted by my accountant <laughs> in 2012. <laughs> Love the stories, man. Yeah, any story that starts with that, you know, is going to be a no good. Shit. One, right? <laughs> and, I'm just sitting, but wait, let me crack another beer. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, in typical Ken fashion, the universe kind of works. And my buddy Julian was over from Holland and his two, like I grew up with him in Calgary and then he ended up, his family was Dutch. And in the, in the randomness of the universe, Gerhard Gross, who worked for us as a coach, when Julian comes out, he goes, Hey, I know you, I used to live in your basement in Calgary. (laughs) What? 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 And so Julian's mm. kids came out this this one summer, and they were just volunteering because I let all my friends' kids work in camp. And and at the end of this, you know, like so, then the camp's over, and I find out that basically I'm shafted by my accountant. It's like, oh fuck, like, like, totally cleaned out. And I'm just like, oh fuck. What? And then I'm just like, oh man. And then two seconds later, Julian's like. Oh man, thanks for taking care of my kids. It's so rad. I gotta live here one of these winters, and I'm like, I'm like, well, why don't you live here for this winter, and I'll move to Bali? Ha ha ha! Or as I call it, the Craig Tobacco. You're allowed to take one winter off. <laughs> he drove to Chile, so we all get it by. And so he's like, yeah, okay. So he basically rented my house for my mortgage payment, and the only way I could keep camp alive was by living in Bali, super cheap with my kids. And I guess I'm the only person that can turn getting ripped off to the best six months of your life no kidding man <laughs> talk about lemons into lemonade so, yeah. holy shit yeah man. so we ended up me and my wife at the time and my two kids they were five and seven we ended up just hanging out in bali for six months surfing every day and like just going tropo and it was awesome and That's then wicked. came back and you know because of the joys of the internet just kind of saved camp by marketing it super hard mm-hmm. lots of kids came back and pulled out of the hole so it was know got back to it but it was just like you know it was unreal but when it was in when i was in bali i was like okay you know thinking camp might be done i gotta think up something i want i want to think up something that i can make in china sell on the internet and play with my kids and go snowboarding right and so with camp we'd been doing lots of stuff with gopro like we basically from the two onwards we you know, it was pretty bad. Camp was on the GoPro box from the Hero 2 to the Hero 6, I think, was the last year we were on the box. Crazy. So it was, like, I'm so proud of that one. It's no like kidding. a whole universe of, of photos, and Camp ends up on it five years in a row. It's just like, damn. Yeah. And it's funny. I'm still using, I'm putting a thing together for real estate, this new real estate thing that I'm starting called findanethagagent.com. We'll be live in about a month, and it's going to change real estate. But so look, I'm just putting this reel together and it's like this old GoPro footage. But so anyway, we're doing all this stuff with GoPro and I hate to wear helmets. So, and I don't wear helmets and 
I hate that Teletubby look to begin with as a photographer. (laughs) And so, you know, I've got this one GoPro mount, like the handlebar mount, and I'm kind of jury rigging it into a hand grip and then holding it in my mouth and it's harsh. And and I started thinking, man, I should make a mouth mount for, for GoPros and came up with the grill mount and it took, took, you know, we, you know, I, we 3d modeled it and then 3d modeled it again and again and again and again. And, and, uh, Comos in college, we used their 3d printing lab there and he helped me, uh, Jay, uh, what's his name called? Josh, Josh at Comos and helped me, uh, get the 3d modeling right. And then we just basically got the molds made in China and, and started making them. And it was, it was unreal. They're the first mouth mount to go, uh, it's the only one where you can actually breathe and it's got the heat molded bite pads right basically because they turn into a mouth guard when you put it in they give you concussion protection and then the canadian downhill team when they were doing uh high institute or high performance sports institute testing found that when you have a mouth guard in you get 20 percent better balance and so much more power that it's crazy that's that, yeah the, there's there's yeah, all sorts the, of studies on that yeah yeah and they were like the, the Canadian team guys were saying that it was such an advantage that if they saw someone at the start gate and it didn't have a mouth guard in, they knew the guy wasn't going to win. Oh, how wicked. Like, how's that for an advantage? Hey? And you're also, no, man- no. and you're manifesting it. And so we it built that into the fashion. grill mount. Well, but, I lo- and I yeah. love how that accidentally became an attribute of it, right? Like, Yeah. Well, it was, it was kind of like that part's the accidental, the concussion part was kind of on purpose. But, but my daughter was still, like eight years old, came up with the heat moldable bike pads because we made these ones and then she goes, she, it was, it was, it's funny how, like I say, the, how the universe changes things. So like when I was designing this stuff, I was just sitting in front of the computer all day, drawing and refining and drawing, and refining. And I was thinking, Oh man, how am I, how am I inspiring my kids with this? I'm just a meat lump in front of a computer. <laughs> right. And then, then I got, but the you were first... in Bali. <laughs> no, the, the, no, that by then we were back in Canada yeah, yeah. and, uh, so then I get the first 3D printed one and, you know, I'm stoked on it and Kaya's looking at it and she breaks it and she bursts into tears. And I'm like, no, 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 this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to look at it, see what you like, see what you hate. And then if you, you play with it and if you break it, you figure out where it broke and right. you make it better. Exactly. Right. exactly. I swear to God, it's like this light bulb went on in her head and it changed her life. That sentence ever since she's like, Hey, what if you do this for that? Or what did you, you know, like, now she's learning to code and she's doing graphic design and you know it's just all this stuff and it came from this breaking this 3d printed part and it's like it's crazy you know it's like yeah it's it's That's unreal amazing. it's a, it's awesome how old is your daughter now and we had two no, of them. she's 15 now 15 yeah they would have been 10 15 and the other one's going to be capri she's going to be 13 in like a month yeah because I, I met them when my son was five Oh, that's rad. Yeah, we were all at the Because you were at camp. That's right. You guys were all playing together. Well, my kids were, yeah. My kids were hanging out with you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, my kids are old now, 14 and 11. Yeah, it's it's cool. I think it's funny. It's like my kids make friends so easy with other kids, and they have this – this is what I hear from other parents, that my kids have this different view of things, and I swear to God it's because I broke – camp broke shyness and all that yeah. stuff out of them because they met a thousand kids a summer absolutely so they didn't have time to be no shy or, shit, weird exactly, or whatever yeah. it's like well, then look hey, at... and, and it's funny it's like it yeah. goes back to it goes right back to the beginning when i started snowboarding made my friends it's like 
you know, I, I look at, you know, like my friends like Don Smith and Andrew Judson and Larry Delecki and all these random people. And it's like, if it wasn't for snowboards, you know, I don't even know how we would have become friends. Right. But it's like, because you snowboard back then, it was like, you snowboard? Me too. Let's be friends. Right. You know, like, <laughs> I still like, do that yeah, now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're 15 years old or 17 years old or whatever. Right. But it's still like we're three. Right. Oh, you like Lego? I do too. Let's, let's be friends. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and it's cool that my kids and your kids were the same. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you like snowboarding? Me too. Let's be friends. Boom. Mm-hmm. Everything's, mm-hmm. everything that could be gone that make them not be friends is completely erased. Right. Like it's, it's so cool. It's like, you know, I have this thing. It's like how you ask people something changes how they think of something. It's like, you know, Hey, can you go snowboarding? And as soon as you ask them, can you go snowboarding? It's like their brain just goes, Oh, I can't, I got to do this. I got to do that. I can't, I can't, I can't. But if you ask someone, do you want to go snowboarding? The answer is always yes. It's always and yes. Then they, yeah. And then they figure out how to make it a yes. So it's 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 funny. It's like one of these days I'm gonna have a TED talk on the randomness of the universe and and how finding your why is not what people think it is. Absolutely. I tell you, I tell you what my TED talk's about, but I don't want to give it away. So <laughs> well, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm just thinking as you're motivated to me to write it. And give my idea. I'm just thinking <laughs> as you're saying I'm that. Finding learning to shut up. The the Achenbach way is you <laughs> right. say it and it happens. Exactly. 2020, yeah. brother. 2020. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be looking but, uh, for a TED talk. No, but it, it's 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 you know it's like going back to what we first talked about. It's like what I loved about snowboarding, and I still love about snowboarding is that, you know, like. We're in the Olympics, and in I, I like to think in deep snowboarding, nobody really cares. Like, like I, I think that people are more impressed with the person who won the bank slalom than they are with the person who won the gold. I'm sorry, Seth, but I know I said it to your face, but <laughs> but you know, but it's but it's rad, you know. Like, it's just the the how we still have our culture, and I think things you know, are, we, I think things are rolling back. They're kind of like. It's yeah. going full circle right now. Everybody's changing. Everybody's going back to being more humble to each other. Uh, Man, it's going to doing a full 360. Yeah, dude. 100%. <laughs> full 360. Exactly. It's supposed to be doing a 180. No, we're doing a 360. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're doing a five, man, because nothing counts below three. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's yeah, awesome. snor- but, snowboarding uh, yeah, obviously that's... has been great for Ken Achenbach and it's. And his kids, yeah. and you know, and, and it's amazing. Well, it's good I've, for everybody. It, you know what it is? Like, it, snowboarding it, will change your life. Yeah, agreed. 10 4, Ken. I mean, I'm a guy, I didn't start snowboarding until I was 32. Loser. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was 14, and, 1988. And I was started, dude. That's all that matters. That's all well, that's matters. it. My, like, my wife is from Nelson, BC, and my kid was being born at Kootenay Lake Regional there, and I decided I'm going to go up to White, Whitewater and learn how to ride. That's awesome. And that's where I started, and I have four kids now, and my oldest uh, my oldest is 20, and my youngest is 13, and my oldest daughter, 18, is uh, she's a rad rider. She loves to ride, and she got to do some competing. And Actually, that's last so year, cool. last winter, she competed against JF's daughter at Canada, Canada Winter Games uh-huh. down that's in hard. Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> in Canyon on the ice. Oh, my gosh, that place, man. <laughs> to the beginning <laughs> that's right c360 See, exactly even the, even the podcast oh man that's funny no it's so it's so cool it's like you know i always think that we got too cool for ourselves for mm-hmm. a while and it's like 
you get home. Like I remember when I started snowboarding, like you couldn't shut up about snowboarding. Like all you wanted to do is talk about snowboarding to everybody, right? Like, dude, you got to snowboard. You ski, fuck that. Come snowboarding. (laughs) Yep. You know, and it's like, fuck skiing. Come snowboarding. You know, like anybody you met, oh, you like biking? You should come snowboarding. You know, and all you did was talk about snowboarding and tell people how fun it was. And then all of a sudden it's like we kind of got too cool to, to actually say how fun snowboarding was. And then it's like, we forgot, you know what I mean? And now I think it's coming back. And Oh, I agree. You know, it's, people are, I'm people, glad that people are getting people more are humbling trying. each other. They're like friends and like sharing, like even what's that one? Yeah. Um, there's one uh, shaper summit. Like everybody gets together and they share snowboards. Yeah, like, thing is so rad. Right. We're actually waiting to get him on here too. That guy, that guy loves snowboarding more than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be fun to talk with. I'm sure. Yeah, I, it's funny. I was talking to him just the other day, and we're both just like, oh, "I miss you, bro." <laughs> Summer camp used to be hanging out with Kinger. <laughs> he goes, "I know, man. I miss my Canada summer. It sucks. It's like I don't even know what to do in the summer still. Like, it's funny, but well, how long yeah, did you have the camp for? Twenty-eight years. Oh man, that's Holy a part of you. Shit. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad my son got to experience it. I got to experience it. He got fun at it. I, I couldn't. I still can't stop saying thanks for how much I paid for that week to eat and lift and get lifts every day for with my son. That was priceless. Oh, my pleasure. My so pleasure. Good. I had no, no problem. Was, you, I had no fun, problem like, sending you the money. It was like how much? Yeah, done. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, it was much appreciated. No, it's it's. I I love the effect that camp had on you know like skiing as well and biking. I mean. Camp of Champions changed skiing. I mean, we, you know, we were the first park that allowed skiers in it. Right. You know, like, I mean, when all the guys from Hood used to come up, because, you know, J.P. Martin at Baldface, you know, he rode for the shop and, and, you know, all our, you know, because we both came from skiing. Like, it's not that we quit skiing because we hated skiing. We just wanted to go snowboarding. So half our friends were skiers anyway. And when they asked to come in the park, we're like, yeah, of course you can. We don't care. Fuck it. Whatever. You know, ski, come have fun. And we were the first place that allowed skiing. And I swear to God, like even Powder called it. They were like, yeah, you guys made skiing cool again, which was, which was pretty awesome to think that skiing was saved by a snowboarder. <laughs> that is, that's a wicked thought. <laughs> well, my, my aspect on that is that we've helped shape skis to where they are today. And they helped us with technology to make snowboards even better. But... Side cut. Who knew, Right. Right. I, yeah, it works right well did you hear the uh where is it on uh snowboard project when uh mark sullivan talks with the guy from what was it look and he was thinking about uh how sidecut would work back before sidecut was even a thing because he wins well we well well we had the the, the twin tip well the avalanche the avalanche the avalanche was the first board to have sidecut right. and camera and that thing was rad. Like yeah. Chris killed it on that board. The Avalanche Arrow. Like I think Damien and and Jim and Bonnie were the and Tom were the only ones that actually had them. And then we had some. But the twin tip was the first one to have camber side cut and a twin tip. And it's like package. It was it was like ah! right. They're like I, I remember going to France. We were me and Spitty were in France and we we're in Teen and we you know 
still trying to sell snowboards, you know, going into every shop that had snowboard. going, hey, check this out. You should have some. And I remember this one shop, the guy's like, hey, it's not the swallow tail. It's shit. Goodbye. And we're like, oh, it's, it's, it's on, buddy. And so we just haunted this guy for the whole week we were there. And every time we'd come out of his shop, we'd just go snowboard and just dust this guy. And then uh, at the end of the week, he's like, hey, man, can I buy some of those twin dip from you? And they're like, stop swallowtail. This shit, goodbye. And <laughs> but it's rad. Like, I remember, I remember going to the Rossi factory and saying, hey, you know, you guys should make snowboards. Like, I didn't even care if they made it. You know, this was before the twin chip. Mm-hmm. It's like, you guys should make snowboards. Ah, it's just a bad it thing's going to die in a year. <sighs> okay. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. I guess, I guess you put that, you manifested that in their mind also because then they became, they had their own snowboards. Yeah, and then they went broke and, or then they sold, sold it for it. a trillion dollars to Quicksilver and then the guy from Quicksilver bought it back for a buck. Pretty rad. Crazy. <laughs> 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 Uh, you know, you, but no, it's 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 so cool, like how how the two, like you say, like you know Shane McConkey used to coach at camp, and that guy's like, and it's you know it's like so camp gets a story in Powder Magazine about ski camp, mm-hmm. and you know I'm flicking through and flicking through, showing it to my mom, all stoked. This I had this joke for a long time that any friend I made, the universe was so small in skiing and snowboarding that chances are my mom knew them and it's like i i, get, I hitchhike home from this guy the fortress one of my ski buddies and his, his his mom gives us a ride home from the mountain and she drops me off at the house and my mom leans out the window oh hi mrs depiva you know like <laughs> of course she knows her right like or i'm in whistler and i'm hanging out with ace and scotty and ace's uh mom's Ace's mom or Ace's mom's sister there. I can't remember. She goes, Akebach, is is your dad Jim Akebach? I'm like, no, that's my uncle. She goes, oh, we had a thing in the 50s at Lake Louise. He was in the ski school and I was in the ski shop. And it's like, man, even I can't even make new friends out here. But so anyway, I'm, I'm, flicking, I'm flicking through Powder Magazine, showing my mom the story on camp. And then I flip the page, and the next page is a story on Shane McConkie. Mm-hmm. And my mom sees the picture, and of course she sees 1950s Jim McConkey that she used to ski with. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, what's Jim McConkey up here? I'm like, oh, mom, that's his son Shane. I'm like, oh, no way. And it's just like, what the hell, right? But it's just, it's, it's what makes snowboarding and skiing and biking so rad is that, you know, we're this this universe of people that all like the same thing, and of you know, who cares what you're riding as long as you're having fun? It's rad. Absolutely. But, it, you know, it's just, it's, it's so cool. Just, you know, and tippy, like, you know, snowboarder, mountain maker, you know, rule in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's my next venture is to get a bike and get on, get on the hills in the summertime. Fill my void. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> awesome, awesome. Well, I think we should end it at that. This has been a fantastic chat. You've uh, made me laugh. Yeah, I am the rambler. Out. It's fantastic. We'll have to have no, it. No, it's great, man. We'll have to still... come hang out, do something in person. Yeah, hang come out. on, come out. Yeah, come out and sh- come out and shred this winter. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we're gonna be there for a month, I think. <laughs> yeah, <if they> open. <laughs> literally, literally, like everybody, so, we, everybody we've talked to has been like, "Come out, come out." I'm like, yeah, "I'm gonna need a month to come out to Whistler." Like, yeah, legit. Well, it was funny. Like the end of the season was so weird. Like it was minus right. twenty eight the day they closed, what? and and it's and you know you're from Alberta when. 
I know this might sound really stupid, but my favorite days on the mountain that aren't pow days are the days when it's minus 30 because because Vale does such a rad, well, Vale with the black or whatever, does such a rad job grooming. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the best thing that ever happened was Vale buying Whistler Blackcomb because the mountain's empty now. Like the bottom half is crowded because most of the people that come on Epic Passes aren't the greatest skiers. Right. And then the upper part of the mountain, all the grumpy locals left because they had fucked Vale and they left. So it's like the upper part of the mountain's just empty. I don't know why I'm actually saying this. (laughs) And then when it's minus 28 and you're from Alberta, you're like, peace out. So it's like minus 28. And me and Seth Westcott, it's like, I love riding with Seth. He makes me, like, no matter how fast I'm going, he makes me feel like I'm going backwards. And no up kidding. Like, like, watching that guy ride, him and Rob Morrow have my favorite interior, have my favorite turning styles at anybody. Like, how they move their ankles or move yeah. their hand or do something with their arm. And it's just epic, right? Yeah. 40 years of snowboarding, you can still learn shit. And, and you, can, uh, you can tell it when Terry is riding. I can still, I've watched him on video so much. It's like his style oh, is yeah. unique. Yeah. 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 Same with Seth. Like the way yeah. he moves his ankles and his arms is ridiculous. And uh, so we're doing, you know, we're doing laps at minus 28 and going, and because there's nobody on the hill, because minus 28 in BC is like, you 50 know, below. 50 else. million below <laughs> but it's like you know you dress for it and it's awesome and we're mm-hmm. just just burning laps and it was just like i hate to say it like my funnest days on the mountain are when it's minus 20 and there's nobody on the hill with perfect groomers and you can just go eight thousand miles an hour like the old days and it's just it's awesome and i know exactly what you're like you get how days and you're like what are they talking about those that days suck <laughs> <laughs> that's right <clears throat> yeah whatever day you're snowboarding is always the best day snowboarding oh absolutely for. absolutely well thanks a lot ken we'll uh we'll yeah my pleasure we'll man call anytime yeah for sure we yeah will. and call me when you come up let's go snowboarding for sure that'd be yeah, wicked absolutely Not in the my summer. kids would be stoked to go snowboarding with your kids again it's been a while <laughs> well my, no, my no. daughter doesn't ride my son sure does he has a blast doing it but yeah that would be awesome rad okay we'll take cool, care dude. talk to you soon right on take care man okay yeah. see you bye-bye find an epic agent the ultimate realtor matching service we pay you Sellers save money, buyers make money. Get paid up to $1,500 per 500K of your deal. 12,000 plus agents in 30 plus countries. Your experience will be epic. Pay it forward to charity and we match it. Our motto, until we're all winning, no one is. Find an epicagent.com. So prostandard.com, I make GoPro accessories and the grill mount is our main one, which is what everyone from GoPro execs to pro snowboarders, pro skiers, pro mountain bikers, kite surfers, road bikers call the best GoPro mount ever made. It's a hand grip. It's a mouth mount. It's a tripod, a wall mount, a hook mount, a clamp mount. It's the ultimate everything mount. You only need one mount. It it replaces every mount you have, basically. 35 bucks at prostandard.com or your local Amazon. Boom! done wow talk about your snowboard history lesson hey everybody thanks for listening and a special thanks to ken for taking the time to talk with us as always you can learn more about ken and all his adventures in the show notes remember to follow us on instagram at dark starts bc to find out when our next episodes are dropping and to share your killer pictures videos and stories with us Special thanks to Scott, Ivan, and Pat for helping to make all this happen. You won't want to miss our next episode when we talk with Michael Wigley, the snowboard gypsy. Peace, everybody.